0: Hi, my name's Clayton, and you're listening to the Isaiah 43 podcast, where we explore how God has formed us, redeemed us, and how He calls us today. Each week, we will journey through Scripture to understand all that God has done and what exactly His call is for our lives today. This is week five, another Bible study week, so we'll just be looking at something in the Bible, breaking it down, and examining it just a bit. But we need God to guide us, so let's open up with some prayer first. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word uh, that you have given us that we are going to read today and to examine. We just pray that you will give us the right hearts to receive what it is that you have for us and that we will learn take something away from this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so today we'll be reading Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. I will be reading again from the Christian Standard Bible, or the CSB. With that said, let's dive into it real quick. Again, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Alright, so I've been thinking about these verses for several weeks now. Honestly, I think they're the scariest verses in the whole Bible. Not anything about hell, or the devil, or demons, or anything like that. But these three verses right here utterly terrify me. And yet, for whatever reason, the first thing that comes to mind is a joke. Well, why is that? Honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we have this tendency as human beings to joke around in some of the most serious moments. Uh, It's just how some people deal with things like this. But anyways, Ronald Reagan told this joke while he was president in the 1980s. And it kind of goes like this. A politician and a preacher both die. They go to heaven, and St. Peter is there at the pearly gates, and he lets them in. And so from there, he takes them to where they'll be staying for eternity. He takes the preacher to this nice little cozy room, and frankly, it's kind of small. There's not a whole lot there. And then St. Peter takes the politician to his eternal home. It's this huge, elaborate, beautiful mansion. It has all sorts of servants and everything. The politician says, now hold on. There seems to be some kind of mistake. How could I get all this while that faithful preacher only got a small room? St. Peter smiles and says, well, you have to understand the way that things work here. We get clergymen up here all the time. You're the first politician we've ever had. (laughs) And even though it's a joke, I think it has some relevance to what we'll be discussing. Besides the fact that we all know politicians typically love to invoke religion, to justify whatever it is they're doing, Sometimes these are good, honest, and noble causes. Other times, however, we can see right through them. And that is nothing more than just a ploy to gain votes sometimes. But unfortunately, that's just the way the world works. But how does that have anything to do with our readings today? Well, because these politicians who claim to be Christians, but live lives so unlike what Christ has called us to do, are just like those who say they are Christians. And do not live godly lives. We all know people like this, don't we? We know people that say they are Christian and then they don't act like it at all. Jesus says very plainly here that those people will not enter into heaven. And that's terrifying. It's also very saddening and it breaks our hearts to think about this. But not all of our loved ones who profess to be Christians are living in heaven. Unfortunately, that's the harsh reality of life. And Jesus tells us this. Sadly, this is the way that it will always be. In fact, it may even be possible that some of you listening to this podcast right now may be professing Christ as Lord, but you will not enter into heaven. And there's reasons for that. The first reason is you may not be doing the will of the Father. Jesus says that the ones who will enter in are those who do the will of the father now none of us do the will of god the father perfectly in fact none of us can or will ever do it perfectly only jesus was able to do that but we strive to do it in fact the greek word for does in this verse is one that is present tense which so it means it's current and continuously doing not a here or there kind of thing it means constant self-denial. You're constantly denying your own will and your own pleasure, your own desire in order to glorify God. And then you get people who say, well, I'm only human, so I'm going to mess up. And yeah, that's true. But as we've seen before, the righteous falls seven times and gets back up. It is a constant strive and fight to do the will of God that has been revealed to us through Scripture. His will has been made known to us through the Bible. But what I find even more terrifying is what Jesus says next. Jesus says, in that day, people will say, Did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons, and do many miracles? So even those who have been great teachers and do wonders may still not enter in. So I have to wonder about how many preachers and pastors and priests out there who people follow and think are the greatest preachers, pastors, and priests out there. But how many of those church leaders will not enter into heaven? How many of them have grown complacent? How many of them studied theology, Christian dogma for 40 or more years, and still will not enter into heaven? How many of us will not enter in? All because we did not do the will of the Father or because they did not know Jesus on a personal level. But more on that later. Did they do great and awesome things? Sure they did. But it doesn't matter how great and awesome you are, or how much of a good person you are. Those things do not get you into heaven. And if people don't see you living like Christ, that tells us that it's a pretty good indication that something is not right. Just because you say you're Christian does not mean you will get into heaven. Even if you say all the right things, does not mean you lived in a way that pleased God. And that will ultimately get you kicked out of heaven. Uh, Jesus elaborates more on this in the next and final verse that we read today, verse 23. To get back on track here, the second reason why we may not enter into heaven is that we do not know Jesus. He tells us that those who have called him Lord earlier, he tells them to depart from him, you who work lawlessness or you lawbreakers. Or as some translations say, you workers of iniquity, which is evil or wickedness, for he never knew you. A personal relationship with Jesus is so vital for us to have. More than any fancy degree or large congregation or anything like that. A personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, where you know He is your Lord and Savior. And we hear Christians talk about this all the time. I remember as a kid hearing about this personal relationship with Jesus. I always thought, oh yeah, I have that, and didn't really think much else of it. But I can tell you that after getting to know Jesus in my life, and understanding, and I mean truly understanding what a personal relationship with Him looks like, and feels like, well, It changes your life. You just want to know more and more about Him. You desire His presence more and more in your life because your heart is now on fire for Him. I'm willing to bet that you know what I'm talking about since you're here listening. You're craving more and more of the Lord's presence. And I hope that you're seeking His face to do His will. I hope that you are always desiring and craving more. You know, Billy Graham used to say something in his crusades. In these large crowds that he would gather, he'd sometimes reach out to hard-hearted religious leaders. And of course, he reached out to everyone there, thanks to God working through him. But there were times when he reached out to the religious leaders who may have been there, who have gotten into a spot where they don't know Jesus anymore. They're just going through the motions, but they don't have that relationship with Christ anymore. Or maybe they'd be doing great things, but they aren't doing the will of the Father. So in a way, I want to do the same today. Maybe you are a preacher or an ordained minister or some type of clergyman. Or maybe you're just someone who feels that you have always just been a Christian in name only. And you're ready to know Jesus on a deeper, more personal level. It's time to do that. Because, my friend, today is the day of salvation do not wait any more. Go to Jesus in prayer. Allow Him to change your heart and renew your faith in Him in this very moment. Seek after Him and the will of God more and more. Just because you've drifted away does not mean He doesn't want you back. Just because you've kept Jesus at a distance doesn't mean He doesn't want you close anymore. The Lord is waiting for you with open arms. It's not too late to turn away from whatever it is that's holding you back and killing your relationship with God, and to turn back into the arms of a loving God who gives rest. His mercies renew every morning. And if you are someone who already knows the sweet grace and mercy of God, then I ask that you will also lift up a quick prayer to God with whatever it is that's on your heart right now, and that you continue to Do the will of the Father above all else, and continue to know Jesus on a personal level. I pray that I will always do the same. But until we meet again next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless.